It's November 10th, 2020. This is episode 85 of the Get After It podcast. This is the Get After It podcast, where young professionals, entrepreneurs, and action takers learn what it takes to be a high performer. This is more than a podcast. It's a movement. Now, let's get after it with your host, Aaron Griffin. All right, welcome in here, everyone, to the next episode here of the Get After podcast. I'm stoked for this one, and I'm genuinely excited for this one because I have a guest joining me here who I got connected with a few months ago uh, when we both joined a, a business accelerator group, and we had the opportunity to meet in person in Nashville a couple of weeks ago. I asked him to come on the show afterwards, and he was very gracious in volunteering a little bit of his time. Um, we're recording this the day after Election Day, so we all survived. We're still here. And we're so excited to be able to come to you here with some, I think, some awesome knowledge here. My guest is Corey Carlson. Uh, he's an executive level business coach, and he's the pot, he's a podcaster, a fellow podcaster of the podcast Win at Home First. He also is the best-selling author of the title, which shares the name of the podcast, Win at Home First. He really focuses and works with, and I'll let him speak to this in a moment, but really helping men and I would assume women as well, but primarily men in their home in their business, prioritizing winning at home and winning at business by, by starting at home. And I'm, I'm so excited to dive into this podcast because Corey has such a unique story. We're going to bring him in right now. Corey, how are you doing? Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, doing awesome, Aaron. Thank you very much for having me and excited to share some of my uh, wisdom. And I also like the word wisdom, W-I-S-D-U-M-B, because unfortunately, that's how I've learned my wisdom is through some dumb mistakes along the way. So uh, it's good to talk to the Get After It podcast. You know, and it's, uh, we, we joke, it's like when you take an L, it's a lesson, right? It's not just a loss, it's a lesson. You got to learn right. from it. And yep. You got to go yeah, through absolutely. this. Give us the, catch, catch, our, catch our listeners up for what I didn't uh, do you justice on. Give us a little bit of your story, your background. I, I love your story and transitioning from corporate America into coaching and working with people. And I love how your clarity on who you serve was awesome. We were at uh, the event in Nashville. And I said, who do you serve? And you knew it immediately. And I, I, I apologize if I get it wrong right, right now, but I remember it being 35 year old men who drink beer and love sports. If I, if I remember that correctly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's Corey, definitely some of those pieces in there. Uh, I mean, who I really, you know, enjoy serving the most or, you know, it's that 35 year old man to 55 year old man who loves Jesus, who drinks beer who, you know, makes $200,000 plus, married, has kids. And that's the ideal client because, you know, so much of that is what I can relate my career and life to. Now, outside of that, I've, I've coached women, I've coached uh, folks in their 20s, I've coached, uh, you know, men looking to, into retirement. So it's been across the board I've coached, but I've found definitely that core nucleus are those individuals. And I've also coached people not in faith, non-believers, and still have breakthrough. So um, that is definitely kind of what I do, Aaron. So yeah, thanks. That's funny you remember that. You know, we were, I also remember you mentioned you've been, you've been in coaching, if I recall, for seven years now, full time, or really, you know, since, can you, what, what did you do beforehand? Because I'm, I'm really curious, because a lot of our listeners, we mentioned this before we got on, 80% are under the age of 27. A yeah. lot of them are working in jobs that they probably don't plan to retire in. They probably look to leave eventually, maybe start their own thing, do their own thing. I want you to shed a little light on your journey uh, to getting to where you're at today, up until that seven year ago launch. 
Yeah, no, it's cool. And seven years ago, that particular number, just for clarification, is that's when I hired my first executive coach. But but the 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 point of all that is I I'll do the career real fast because I know we don't want listeners to get sleepy here. But the whole I, I graduated civil engineering degree. I did a corporate career in the civil engineering space where I was selling bridges and storm sewer and like civil engineering products, <laughs> real sexy stuff. Started in Kansas City, got promoted and transferred to Denver, Colorado managed a bunch of states, a bunch of people, got promoted and moved to Cincinnati, where I then at that point was VP of a $100 million plus division. That's where the story picks up with coaching. When I was at that moment, uh, and this is where a lot of your listeners will be able to relate to, and I hopefully by listening to this podcast, they don't run into the same problems I did, is I was taking my identity to work. If I had a great month, then I thought I was the man. If I had a bad month, then I thought I sucked. Um, and so I was taking my identity to work. I was on the chase for the corner office and for the right job title. And it was you know, an unhealthy amount of ambition, not necessarily good godly ambition, but an unhealthy version. My work-life balance was out of whack because I was pursuing work so much that I didn't have anything left in the tank. And therefore, it was affecting my marriage. It was affecting my involvement with my kids. And I needed help. And so I went to my boss, who I loved at the time, and I just said, hey, I need help. He's like, get an executive coach. I've always had one. I was like, man, I wish it would have been, you would have told me this sooner. Uh, but anyways, I hired an executive coach. And through the process, through the coaching, the outside perspective, the different content framework, I became a better husband, a better leader. And ended up just falling in love with the coaching process. So I took one more corporate move where I was president of sales for a national contractor. I used these tools on those individuals. I had 30 sales guys throughout the country working for me. And they worked. The tools worked on these individuals. And I was like, I want to do this for a living. So I began the process about four years ago, building a coaching practice. It was kind of a slow build. It was strategic. Uh, because I was helping another guy with his business. And then this January, actually it's probably February. Um, so, you know, beginning of the year, nine months ago, or not nine months ago, probably about 10 months ago, I started doing this full time. And it's been amazing and super fun. So that's the that's the kind of long description there, Aaron. You have, um, and I want to plug this. I know, I know, we were talking about our podcasts here before, and how we how we utilize them and work with that. I, I want to plug your podcast because I've listened to some awesome episodes that you've done, and okay. I know your your ideal client avatar, the people that you love to work with and serve, are probably the primary audience of that podcast. But I think young professionals can get a lot out of it too. I want to ask you specifically on, well, there's two questions. First, I want to follow up with coaching. What's the biggest if you could go back, I think you would hire a coach sooner. There's no question about that. What, what's the biggest thing you would handle? Because the objection we hear all the time is that it's not even an objection so much. It's an idea that I don't need a coach and that why, why, why do I need to spend money on a coach? Just in the first place, it feels like a waste of money, especially as somebody who's a high performer. They want they want it, you know, it feels more manly maybe to not, you know, to do it on your own. What's your, what's your biggest objection and what do you push back on that for? Uh, Fantastic questions, Aaron. A couple things. Um, yes, absolutely. I'd get a coach sooner. No question about it. 
I would have got a coach so much sooner in my life. And to the point now, anything I do, I get a coach in that field. I don't have time to waste to DYO myself and watch a bunch of YouTube videos or read a bunch of articles on Google or whatever it may be, because I don't have that time and time is money. So I hired the executive coach I mentioned. You thank you for uh, plugging you know, my book at the beginning. I hired a writing coach to do the book. I have a podcast. I hired a podcast coach to help me do it because I don't want to go learn all this stuff on my own because it just takes so much time. You and I both mentioned the business accelerator coach that we hired. I hired them in April. It's just from now on, I'm hiring a coach. You, for any listener, you look at anyone in your life that you look up to or you view, do they have a coach? We can go extreme to the athletic side of things. LeBron James, Tom Brady, do they have coaches? Absolutely. Matter of fact, they got multiple coaches on coaches. They got nutrition coaches. They got fitness coaches. They got basketball coaches. You know, they, they themselves have some life coaches. Um, and so you just look at all the different people that in their fields that they have coaches because it helps them elevate their game to play at another level, whether it's in sports or it's in business. So I'd be the first and foremost is yes, you do need a coach. Everyone needs a coach because we all, unless you're perfect in Jesus, we all have brokenness. We all have things that aren't working in our life that we need someone to shed the light on. So we all need coaches. And then why would I spend money on myself? I think was one of your questions, man. Specifically, that's a, yeah, right, right. I think yeah. it's an objection, right? People will it's have It's an that. objection. You, be, you better spend money on yourself because no one else is. And if you, if you want to better yourself, you need to invest in yourself. And what I also tell individuals is that when you, whatever you learn in coaching, it's think of it like a toolkit. You now have this in your toolkit that you take forever. You go the rest of your life that you can kind of go back and, and think through those files. Or I remember that time that Aaron or Corey told me this. I remember when I got in a funk and they shared this one tool with me. And now I still go back to it. I go back to things I was coached on, you know, that seven years ago. So that's the, the value is coaching. It may happen for a season, but the learnings last a lifetime. Oh, I love that. I want to ask you about your time. And you mentioned the success you had in your, in your previous position, scaling up to a point of leadership and vice president at a $100 million company. I want to ask you specifically on, you just mentioned the toolkit you've assembled from being able to be coached and learning where your challenges are and being a, and improving and getting better. What were some of the things in your toolkit you think back then that really helped you excel. And this, I, I asked this question for people who are, again, in a job out of college where they, they are looking to advance. They want to build those relationships and they want to find success within their company. What were some of the things that you look for either in hiring today and also in yourself, maybe when you were scaling and moving through that organization that you look back on were the rocks that helped guide you through there? You mean in what I'm looking for in a coach? Ex sorry, excuse me. The and specifically in yourself, traits, characteristics. What is it that somebody listening to this should enable that's going to help them find success in business and where the, re really where they're at? So when you look back on your time, what were the things that helped you? Were there things that were different about you that got those promotions? Like why did you get there? Yep. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Um, 
You know, I think some of those pieces, whether it's back then or it's even right now, uh, first of all, I think it's prioritization. And before I had a coach, I would I would work hard, but maybe not productive. And when everything is important, we've heard the quote before, when everything is important, nothing is important. And so until I got priorities in my life to understand what is most important, then I was just kind of a, a chick with my head cut off, running around after everything. And the organization I do coaching with is the five capitals. And those five capitals that we believe help you become that uh, you know, effective leaders. Number one is spiritual. Is, is What's that purpose in your life? It could be God. It could be, if you're not a believer, it could be something else. But what is the overarching thing that you have spiritually in your life that's driving you? It's your why. And we know how important that is. Number two is relational. Who are you doing life with? Are you surrounding yourself with people who make you better? Are you going on dates with your spouse for those that are married? Are you spending time with buddies? You know, number three is the physicals. How, how do you manage your time and energy? Because we know we can't do anything good if we're exhausted or hungover. <laughs> or having a sugar crash fourth is intellectual is what are you doing to grow do you have a growth mindset and then that last one's financial and it's on the bottom because money doesn't make us happy and so those five so those priorities were a big piece that was enormous in my life and i still go back to using that and i do strategic planning based on that i do my family annual planning and then the other is self-limiting beliefs those self-limiting beliefs get in the way all the time. And by me understanding that I have self-limiting beliefs, ways to break through them, those are things that help me, quite honestly, get more done now. I mean, those two things, priorities and self-limiting beliefs, understanding those two things are what help me get more done, make more money now that I ever have. I love that you just hit on the five capitals because that's what I, I wanted to hit on next. So, so let me expand further because I noticed something when just looking at your book here, you have something you called head trash. Are those the limiting beliefs that you talk about? You want to go and talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. Self-limiting beliefs do fall into that category of head trash. What I also would tell you is head trash is it's a lie that you, someone has told you that you've accepted as truth. Um, maybe it is, you're not good enough. Um, you didn't do good in high school, therefore you'll never do good in life. You know, you're a bad kid, therefore you're gonna be a bad adult. Um, you know, you, you've had broken relationships, therefore you're never gonna have a successful marriage. Whatever the lie is that you are accepting to be true, that is head trash. And we all do do it. Every single listener is dealing with it, I deal with it. And it is to identify where the lies are, what, what have you accepted, and then to break, break, the, break free from those, those strongholds, and to understand that, that, is not, that those aren't truths. I want to ask you on, awesome, really appreciate this in your time, Corey. Um, I want to ask you on, specifically, you're working with um, men who have a family, they have a marriage, and they're working with, they have all these huge obligations and things that are amazing that they get to experience every day. Speaking to our younger audience, what are some steps that you look at where someone who's a young man today, who's working their tail off, doing their best to be a high performer, whether it be in their business or someone else's, what are some of the key steps that you would look for them to take to start building the foundations where they can have a successful marriage, 
a successful family. What are some things where, if you could go back in time, you wish you could do if you were starting out again at 18 to 21 years old? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'd start right now. I'd start right now on prioritizing your life on what's important, you know, in the standpoint of, yes, there are seasons we all have to work hard. And if you're building a business, you've, you've got to work hard, put in the extra, you know, hours at night and midnight oil. I too have got different times where I've had to, I have to work hard now, even as I say these things about the ports of priorities. But the key is to recalibrate. You can't just keep working late all the time and crushing Red Bulls and six cups of coffee a day because it's not sustainable and for any of those single listeners that or even just newly married you're like hey i'm gonna bust it hard 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 for five years then i'm going to be a family man and all this i'm gonna tell you it's gonna be too late because you may not have anyone sitting around to wait for you is the brutal truth and so and 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 i and if you are single and there is no relationships is there's a lot i love the the opinions of in order to be a good spouse you got to know how to be a good friend so are you a good friend? Are you empathetic to other people? Are you speaking truth into other people's lives? Are you having fun and going on adventures? And for, you know, no matter what age you are listening to, but you, you mentioned people in their you know, 20s a lot is, man, it's a marathon, not a sprint. There are not overnight successes. I, we all want to be a million, you know, making millions tomorrow. We all do. And that doesn't go away. And I guess that's what I tell you is it doesn't go away. I'm 44. And so when you get to my age, it's, there's still a chase. There is still a chase of, I want more. And then I've talked, when I, when I talk to individuals who are millionaires, guess what? There's another level of millionaires you can be, you know? And so it's just knowing that the chase never goes away. So stop the chase, stop the comparison live your life now, do what's right to build your business, win the day, and, you know, prioritize in a way that you are getting things done, and you still also have a life. And I think the biggest thing is, is do not take your identity to, to work. Do not. It, it will crush you. You will have a midlife crisis guaranteed. It's like, uh, I'm thinking about Travis Peters talking about the 20-mile march just last week, in that, or two weeks ago in Nashville. Um, you've been extremely generous, Corey. Two more questions for you. I want to follow up on that. To the person who's listening that is crushing those Red Bulls, doing those 16-hour days, maybe let's say they're in a field like yep. real estate where maybe it might be required in the beginning. you got to put a lot of time into it, whatever the case is. What are some actionable steps that they can start doing to either manage their time better, to unplug better? What are some things you would immediately coach them to implement into their day to become more productive, more intentional in the moment because that i think that's the biggest cost right when you're doing the 16 18 hour days you're no longer out of the moment you're actually serving the schedule right you're so far out of the moment that's the reason you're doing all of these hours is because you're so removed from it i want to ask you about that specifically what are some actionable steps somebody who's listening to this and thinking, okay corey that's that's great but i got i got 16 hours on my plate a day in terms of what i gotta do i want to hear your thoughts on that yeah you know, um, well, one thing I, I talk about in my book, but this whole idea that we expand or contract the amount of work we get done based on the time allowed. Meaning, if I've got all day long, let's call it eight hours, if I got all day to do a four hour project in eight hours, guess what? I'm going to take all eight hours. 
I'm going to start, I'm going to work a little bit. Then I'm going to go look at Facebook and then I'm going to come back and do a little more work. Then I'm going to go get some coffee. Then I'm going to come back and then, oh, wait, I better go pee. <laughs> I'm going to go to the bathroom and then I'll come back. And I do that throughout the whole day, multitask, and I've expanded a four-hour project into eight hours. The other flip side is we can contract time. I'm sorry, we can contract our workload on a time. And a perfect example of that is a Friday before vacation. We can crank out probably 10 hours worth of work in about six hours because we have to get going because we're gone the next week. So we're, we're sending out all the emails. We did the finishing, finishing touches on the Word document. We got over to somebody else. We made the phone call that we couldn't make. You know, we do all these different things. We're cranking, cranking, cranking because we're about to go on vacation. And so knowing that we expand and contract and knowing that you can be more efficient if you do a couple of things in your life, that's first and foremost that someone's got to accept. Next is with this extra time, I'm adding solitude. Add solitude in your life where you are reading scripture or you're journaling or you're reading some form of book that is helping you think through. Anybody you study that's a great leader, present day history has used solitude as their way to gain self-awareness and emotional balance. So get solitude in your life. Most people don't do it. I know many, many people who still don't do it. I love you know, that here, but get solitude is, is definitely one. And then minimize the distractions, man. Turn off notifications on your phone. You don't need to watch the stock market every single hour. You don't need to see who liked your last post every single minute. So start batching your time where you look at social media, maybe an hour a day, or you look at email an hour a day, whatever the time is, it makes sense for you, but don't sprinkle all those things throughout the day. So knowing that time can um, expands, contracts, once you accept that, Number one is add solitude. Number two, batch time. Great, great, great stuff. Final, final question for you, Corey. I really appreciate your time this afternoon. I, um, 2020 has been for many people a crazy year. I would say for all of us, actually, probably a crazy year in some way. We got just under two months left. When you look back on this, what do you think is going to be the biggest lesson you pull from the last 10 months in terms of you've learned in your life and in your business in the last 10 months? I've actually learned, I've learned a lot. It's been an incredible year. And um, I'm definitely sorry for anyone who's lost anything, anybody in this whole process. But for us and our family, it's been a great year. Yes, we've had our challenges, no doubt about it. But uh, there's been some amazing things in our family and in my business that have taken place. But I think one of the biggest things is uh, there's this verse in Hebrews that says that God will allow things to be shaken so the unshakable remain. And what that basically means is in my life and maybe a lot of you is I had all these things I'm you know I went to my schedule how busy I was to think how cool and valuable I was and I did all these different things and then that all got shaken that all was just fell and I had all of a sudden zero things left so the point being is I was putting a lot of weight in things that didn't matter I was putting a lot of weight into how busy my counter was or how quick I responded to an email you know, all these different things that are shakable, but the unshakable remains, and that is identity, and that is relationships. And so don't, in the chase of growing your business, don't lose sight of who you are and, you know, who you're doing life with. 
The Win at Home First podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. And the Win at Home First book is also available on Amazon, I assume, wherever you can get your books. Corey, really appreciate your time. I'm so stoked to be able to just follow your journey. Hopefully, you'll have a chance in 2021 to come back and share with us how things are rolling. Uh, But with that being said, Corey, really appreciate your time here this afternoon. It was awesome being here. So thank you very much. And yeah, just went on first, all those. Corey M. Carlson's the website. And then, yeah, follow me on social media and and hear what a, what an older guy's got to say. That may help you out in life. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks Corey. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the Get After It podcast. Special thanks to our guest. And I want to thank you for taking the time to invest into yourself. Again, make sure if this resonated with you, share this episode with a friend, leave us a review. It helps us tremendously. I hope you get after it today and every day. We'll see you here tomorrow.